The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ According to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that moment he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, And so said all the disciples. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little farther, he threw himself down on the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, 
So could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away for the second time and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs. From the chief priests and the elders of the people, now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, At once he came up to Jesus and said, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly, one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all of the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, those whose house the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him at a distance, and far at the courtyard of the high priest and going inside, he sat with the guards in order to see how this would end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus, so they might put him to death, but they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at last two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it up in three days. The high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. 
Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, right? Who is it that struck you? Now Peter, who was sitting outside in the courtyard, a servant girl came to him and said, Who also is the word of Jesus of Galilee? But he denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. When Peter went to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When the morning came... All the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus in order to bring about his death. They bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. But they said, What is that to us? Speak for yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since they are blood money. After conferring together, they used them to buy the potter's field as a place to bury foreigners. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. When then that was fulfilled, what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of the one on whom a price has been set, on whom some of the people of Israel had set a price, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you king of the Jews? You say so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, But Jesus gave him no answer, not even a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the festival, the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. 
So after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, For he realized that it was out of jealousy that they handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. The governor again said to them, And they said, Pilate said to them, All of them said, Then he asked, But they shouted all the more. So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather than a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, Then the people as a whole answered, his blood be on us and on our So he released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they came upon a man from Serene named Simon. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him. Over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews, then two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, In the same way, the chief priests also along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him, saying,
The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, At once, one of them ran and got a sponge filled with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. The earth shook, and the stones, the rocks were split. The tomb also was opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. After his resurrection, they came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, Many women were also there, looking from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Jesus took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. Then he then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said,
Pilate said to them, So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. course throughout the season of Lent and then when we get to moments like this here Palm Sunday we have to reflect on the cross both the cross of our Lord and the crosses that we take up as well in the season of Lent we've all made uh, some extra sacrifices maybe we've deliberately taken on some small crosses and in the front of the altar for the bulk of Lent we had uh, stones on which people had written their Lenten sacrifices um, there what what the, the small crosses they planned to give up for the season of Lent and hopefully all of them did very well in that now those crosses are easy to take up those crosses that uh, we willingly accept some of them are small like the little Lenten sacrifices that we've made but sometimes we accept large crosses as well we think of a parent who someone who decides to become a parent they know they're going to take up some crosses in raising children they deliberately choose, make that choice though they deliberately accept that cross and so accepting it is not so hard more difficult though is taking up the unexpected crosses that arise in life and life is full of plenty of unexpected crosses <clears throat> In the gospel reading that we had uh, th this, this evening here for Palm Sunday, we're introduced to Simon of Cyrene, who is literally forced to carry the cross of another person. We're told he was compelled to do so. This is not only unexpected, but not something he really wants to do. We can imagine uh, the great change for this man. He came to Jerusalem perhaps as, as part of a pilgrimage, for the feast of Passover. He came to Jerusalem maybe to uh, see some sights, maybe to visit some friends or some relatives. He comes to Jerusalem for, uh, to, to maybe encounter God. And while he does encounter God, it's in an unexpected way. He is set next to Jesus carrying the cross of our Lord. And there, perhaps, he gets spit on or rocks are thrown at him while he's next to our Lord there. Simon of Cyrene is forced to carry the cross of another. Now this is in many ways a fulfillment of the invitation our Lord makes to his disciples to pick up their own crosses and follow him daily. <clears throat> something that Jesus asks and expects of his disciples and it's something that Simon of Cyrene is truly living out. And because of this, we can see that the crosses that we carry, big or small, these crosses that arise, ones that we willingly accept, or ones that are thrust upon us unexpectedly, they're not simply problems to be solved or obstacles to be, to be overcome. No, instead, these crosses that arise in life, they become invitations to us to trust in God, that in some way, he will bring some good from the crosses that we carry. <clears throat> so the crosses that arise in our lives, these are invitations to trust in God. Now sometimes this will be easy to see how some good can come from the crosses that we carry, especially on the small ones. But often we're left with a mystery in this life. 
about just how God will bring some good from different crosses. We might think of people who suffer because of natural disasters. How can any good come from that? Or we might think of maybe a young child that has to suffer from some great disease, and we're left wondering, how can God bring any good from that? And regardless of if we can see immediately what good can come from that or not, the invitation remains, the invitation to trust in God. Now, at the end of time, all will be revealed, and we'll see how good can come from the various crosses, big and small, that arise, how good can come from great sorrows in life here. But for the time being, we are left with mysteries and an invitation. Some of us here may have some small crosses to carry in our daily lives. The car breaks down. Um, we, uh, uh, we, we, we stub our toe. We, uh, di- different small crosses that we carry. And in these cases, trust is easy to find. But some of us may have some very real crosses to carry as well, some serious crosses where trust is hard to find. And re- but regardless of if trust is easy to find or not, Regardless of the size of the cross, we pray for strength, and we come to Jesus here, who has carried his own cross as an innocent man, who's transformed his cross into something that brings death, into something that brings about life, and we ask that he would transform the crosses that we carry, too. So regardless of the cross that we carry, we pray for strength, not to run from our crosses, but to pick them up and to trust in our Lord. God of all, we come before you as your people, as your disciples, who carry many crosses. We ask that uh, when trust is difficult to find, you send to us signs that you are present with your people. And when trust is, is easy to find, we ask that you would send us strength to willingly accept the various crosses that come into our lives. May we never run from our crosses, but instead carry them next to you as you carry your own and ask that as you transformed your cross, 